Welcome back, folks, to the Mighty Thor podcast. I'm Ed. And I'm Terry. And we are a Marvel Thor fan podcast. Terry and I sit down periodically and talk about Marvel Thor comics, both new and old. This evening we've got lined up to talk about the 1966 volume of Mighty Thor, issues 156 and 157. And the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, issue 630. Does that sound right? Uh-huh. And we're a spoiler podcast. Not that we can spoil the old stuff. And we shouldn't be able to spoil the new stuff, because it's mm, been yeah, a little think, while since it came out. But I just in case. Journey into Mystery 632 comes out this coming Wednesday. Yeah, but you might be behind. So, But we'll let you know when we get to that one specifically. We're going to start out, though, with the Mighty Thor from the 1966 volume. Issue 156, specifically from September. And we left Thor dealing with Mangog, the creature that came out of the Norn Queen's area, out of the bottom pit. He uh, saved, kind of saved Ulick, who had been thrown down there by Thor, kind of, and decided he would use Ulick for his purposes and, and brought him up with him. And he has the strength and power of a billion upon billions of alien beings of his own kind because Odin, in all his wisdom, decided to just destroy the whole universe that they lived in, the planet, whatever. And the only one that managed to survive was Mangog. And they managed to put all of their power and strength into Mangog before they were destroyed. So that's billions and billions of beings. And he has sworn vengeance upon Odin. And right now he's fighting Thor. He's got to get through Thor first to get to Odin, who is in his sleep chamber at the moment. So the front page shows um, Thor swinging his hammer while all of the Warriors 3 and Sif and the Recorder are looking on. And he's getting ready to attack Mangog. So the first page is Mangog has hold of Thor in his talony kite type hand. It's kind of kind of a human hand but with bird talons on the ends instead of fingers. He's 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 quite a compilation. Got a bull face. And he is telling Thor to prepare to die. He said, Your father has who was cursed by me has killed my race, thousands and thousands and billions and billions of, pe of beings, and therefore you all are doomed because I am going to take my revenge against Odin. And Thor says, well, your words are true. You're right that Odin did that, but what you aren't saying is that they themselves brought death to thousands of galaxies, and they attacked Asgard in order to destroy it also. And... Odin just ended that cancer, is what he's calling them. Defended his defended people. his people That's, I mean, and defended the rest of the universe and way and made and just did in all of Mangog's race. And says he says now I guess I'm gonna have to put it into you. So he hits him with his hammer, but then he realizes no matter how hard he strikes Mangog with his hammer. It's not doing any good. But he continues to strike. Because he says, I'm an offspring of Odin, and surely I should be able to do something. And Mangog says, but I am Mangog. I, there's nothing you can do to me. 
So he throws Thor off of him, and he lands into a mountain, and it tumbles to a bunch of boulders. And and Mangog laughs and says, just as you have toppled that mountain and fallen, then Asgard shall do the same. It shall fall. Meanwhile, he has, before Thor shows up, he has trapped the Warriors Three into this rock of some sort. Yeah, kind of. And they are in there going, coward, coward, come on, let us out, let us out, let us fight you. And he's like, what? Who who is that again? Oh, yeah. That's the Asgardian gnats I entombed. I like that, the Asgardian gnats. You dare to challenge Mangog. And he th- he whirls his tail. He has a big, long, lizardy tail. And says, Thou shalt dare no more. And lets them out. So here comes Volstag and Hemdel and Fandral. Not Hemdel. I'm sorry. Fandral, Volstag, and... Ogrum. Ogrum. Here they come to take on Mangog, who appears to be twice as big as they are. Even twice as big as Volstag. Yeah. Who was a big man. Well, his nickname is Volstagg the Voluminous. The Voluminous, yes. As well as other things that he calls himself. He's, he's, he likes himself. Yes. Yes, very much so. And um, Fandral says, get behind me and let me take care of him. And Volstagg's knowing, not going, no, I'm the valiant Volstagg. I shall take care of him. And Hogram says, well, then why are you just standing there if you're going to take care of him? And, shh, shh. and Mangog says, as Thor perish, so shall you. Don't worry. So they, they they start fighting, and they're not doing any good whatsoever. They're all attacking him, though. And we switch back to the kingdom, where Loki is um, talking to the leaders. And right now, he is sitting on the throne. He is the leader on the throne. And uh, he is talking to his minions there, and they're talking about how... Mangog is becoming is coming ever closer, and he's telling him, he said, you know, there's something that has to be done. There's nothing but death and carnage that we see, and Odin still slumbers, and you have to do something. And Loki's like, well, didn't I send Thor to the battle? We shall wait till I know for certain that my brother is dead, because he knows if anybody can take care of Mangog, it's Thor, and he's too chicken. And when the man, when his minion is like, but, 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 Loki's like, shh, I weary of you. Go away. So they, there, he says, no, I'm not going away. I think you're more concerned with your brother's death than with the fate of the realm. And Loki's like, that's not so. Once Thor has fallen, we will make sure that Odin does not awaken. And this will all be mine. I will go to Carnilla, Queen of the Norns, combine her magic with mine, and the Mangog shall fall. He's got it all figured out. Yeah. But he's waiting to make sure that Thor is dead. Right. Right. And the man says, but what if the magic should fail? Then what are you going to do? And he's like, am I not the craftiest that there is? Don't worry about it. I, I, I will not fail. And I have other men behind me that are just as loyal. And my elite guard shall protect us. So don't worry about it and, until it's too late to save the God of Thunder. So he walks in and he sees the elite guard. They're walking down the hallway as they're talking about this. And he sees the elite guard in shambles in front of him. And they're like, there's nothing we can do. The monstrous Mangog discovered us and has slain most of us. And and this is all we have left. And we just want shelter. We just want you to hide us somewhere in the castle. Because Asgard is doomed if, if he gets here. And... The minion is like, see, you should have aided the, th- God, the thunder of God while there was still time. Because now Ragnarok falls upon us. 
And Loki's like, well, let me think about this for a little while. Shush. So we go back to Thor, who is laying in the rubble in the pile of the mountain, wondering what in the world he's going to do. Because he's like, I should now be in the arms of Hela, goddess of death, but I'm not. I've never faced one such as Mangog. I don't, I've never felt more hopeless or more desperate, but I'm still the god of thunder and I have to do something. And then he remembers that he can rule the wind and, and create storms. So that's what he decides to do. So he creates this big cyclone storm and it goes toward Mangog. And Mangog is still fighting with the, the Warriors Three, saying, come on, come on, fight me. And, and they're like, no, we're, we're, we've, 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 had, we've seen enough. This is a big Thor storm coming and we're going to get out of the way. So here comes the storm. And that's when Mangog realizes that Thor's still alive because he thought he had already killed him. And he says, no matter, I'm going to stand my ground in this storm. The winds may blow, but Asgard is going to fall. No storm can fail me, for I am Mangog. And the power of billions and billions of beings lies within me. And lo and behold, the storm ends because Thor's tired. And he's laying there. And he's like, I'm not afraid because fear is a stranger to the sun. Is no fear is no stranger to the son of Odin. Only a fool hath no fear, but the gallant fight on even if they are afraid. And so will I, says Thor. So then the bolts of lightning shoot out of his hammer at Mangog. And Mangog is like, you're just going to put lightning against me? Are you crazy? But this won't help any. And Thor's like, this is what I have to fight with, so this is what I'm going to fight with. And as Mangog walks slowly through the blast, the very soil beneath his feet grows hotter and hotter and hotter until the ground erupts like a living volcano and traps Mangog in the pyre. And now Thor says, I must go. I must flee ere the ravage of the deed I've done should get me too. So he's running away from this man-made, Thor-made, Thor-made Thor -made, yes. volcano. And he's and he's running. He runs. He jumps over his warriors three and says, "Come on, we got to go." And they're like, "What? What? Well, we're fighting Mangog. What's going on?" And Thor's like whirling his hammer, going, "There's no time for speech. We have to get out of here because things are happening." And he grabs all the warriors three, grab on to each other and to him, and he flies them away. And we see Hemdel standing on the Rainbow Bridge, and he says, "What is this coming my way? Halt and be recognized." And when he looks up, he notices that um, there's this man, humanoid-type form, hovering there at the gates of the Rainbow Bridge. And he and he's saying, "I'm a friend. I'm a friend. Don't 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 harm me. I'm a friend." And Hemdel's like, "Well, then tell me who you are before I slay you with my blade." And it turns out it's the recorder that was sent from Rigel when they saw the whole thing happening, and they saw that that felt that there was going to be some kind of Ragnarok happening, they had sent a recorder. And Hemdel remembers Thor talking about the recorder and says, Ah, I know who you are. And the recorder says, I'm looking for Thor. And he says, I, I believe I can trust you, so come now. And you may, you may pass, and we will lead you to Thor. I will lead you to the royal palace. And Hemdel can't leave his post because Mangog is coming, but he sends him with a royal a palace guard to the to the castle. And then we see the the volcanic 
aftermath of what Thor has done. It's a beautiful, like, half page. Mm, third page. Third, third of a page. Third page, full both sides panel, though, of, of on the third page. And they are looking down at, at the molten lava heat, saying that we have escaped. He's talking to his Warriors 3 and, and talking about how they've escaped, but they could do nothing else. And they're saying, do you, but Mangog is, is, is vanquished, right? And Thor's like, I don't know, because he has the strength of billions of billions, and alas... His claim is true. Here he comes. He's come out of the of the molten lava, and he has gathered some up, and he is flinging it at us like a big snowball. So they're talking amongst themselves, running and fleeing, and 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 saying, you know, we have to get out of here. And Thor's like, no, says we. I say thee nay. We are as guardians. Are we not akin to gods? We have to fight on. We have to fight while we can. So he's. Causing a blinding rain, which will put out some of the heat of the volcano, and robs Mangog of his vision so that he can't see what where to go. And he's in the um, torrents of water that are there, floating along, saying, Ragnarok shall, yet, shall, shall fall this day. It, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. A billion, billion tyrants will not be denied their um, revenge. And Thor's like, once again, I have got us, got us a brief respite, but it's only a moment's pause. Where in all the fabled realm is power enough to vanquish the unvanquishable? If it not be found, then woe to all those who live. We switch back to Carnella, Queen of Norn, who still has Baldur fighting this magnificent seven, or whatever she called them. <laughs> and she's still telling him, you know, if you would just, you know, Come be with me till the end of time. Wasn't that a movie? Magnificent Seven? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. If you'll just come be with me till the end of time, you'll be all right. I'll stop all this. You know, you won't have to worry about Asgard. You won't have to worry about anything. You'll just be my little friend, my little consort. And he's like, never, Mystic Maiden. I, I need to get to Asgard. If Asgard falls, then all are doomed. So you need to let me go. And she's like, no, if you're not going to stay with me, then you must die. And he says, if such be Odin's will, so be it. So then we switch back to Asgard, and we see the Lady Sif has taken up residence beside Odin, thinking to herself that never have we needed you so much, Odin, but um, we cannot awaken you, because that would mean certain death, and we can't have that. Oh, how grim a jest hath fickle fate provided, so she says. And the recorder comes in and says, You are the fairest of the fair, thus you are Sif, the goddess born. And she's like, But who are you? And he says, I'm the recorder. And Sif's like, Oh, Thor has talked of you often, has spoke of you often, and I know who you are, so come forward and, and we'll talk. And the recorder says, I've come to caution you because. The one that you fear draws ever near, but tis not Odin that he seeks. He wants the Odin sword, because if he can draw the sword, he can end the universe. So all along, we thought he was coming to kill Odin. Right, but... But he's had other nefarious yeah. thoughts in mind. He wants the sword. Yes. So Sif decides that she has to guard the sword. So she goes to where the sword is, and there's this huge Kirby machine... Of some sort. I'm not quite sure what kind of blast 
it throws out it looks like a huge hair dryer almost to me but it's quite magnificent and she says I shall welcome certain death rather than live without my Lord and the recorders like a hush falls over the embattled realm the moment of destiny is almost upon us so then even as the recorder and Sif are preparing for Mangog to come there we go back to the Warriors 3 and they're like it's gotten awfully quiet where is Thor where is Mangog what are we supposed to do and then we see Thor looking for Mangog because he knows he's there somewhere and he pops out of some rocks and Thor's like as it is as I feared the monster lives and now must come the ending and that's the end of this issue. All pretty standard kind of uh, stuff. Hero, bad guy, unstoppable, um, faithful friends. Um, the recorder, he's kind of something different. I like the, I always like the humor they put in. Whenever Volstag's in the story, they always put some humor in. Yeah, he's because he's always he's blustering kind of... about how he's going to do this and how he's such a big warrior, and he's like standing back, going, "I'm such a big warrior," and they're all like, "Well, why aren't you up there, warrior?" And we'll, then we'll go, go on war. up there, yeah. you know, go to war. And he's like, "Oh, I'm getting ready. I'll be there in just a moment," you know, yep. talking all big and bluff, and it's all it is is a bluff. So let's move right on to the next issue, 157, so that we can see what happens, because this should be the end. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not going to give it away, but it should be the end. And the first page is, Behold the monstrous Mangog, possessed of the strength of a billion, billion beings. If he reaches Asgard and draws the fateful Odin sword, all the living universe will perish. None but Thor remains to stop thee, and stop thee I shall, or I not be the son of Odin. And by the way, these are both Stanley, Jack Kirby, Vince Coletta, Sam Rosen. So we see Thor throwing his hammer yet again at Mangog. And Mangog's like, you know your hammer can stop any living being but not me. He's already thrown his hammer once at him. Yeah. And it's not done any good. But like Thor keeps saying, I only have so many weapons in my arsenal. And I just got to keep throwing them at I, you over and over and over. I can only over. do what I got. Yeah. yeah. So he throws his hammer. He creates a whirlwind. He creates a rainstorm. He creates a volcano. So you know, he's just doing with what he's got here. He's just playing the game with what he has. And Thor's like, well, he's thrown my hammer back at me. And if my Molnir beast is powerless against them, then where is the weapon that will save the realm? So it's flying toward Thor, but it's kind of like dive-bombing his warrior three. <laughs> yeah, they kind so of had to duck They kind of had to way. duck, and he's like, he's like telling, him, telling the hammer, Mighty Molnir, return to me, because, you know, don't hit my people. And he turns around, and Mangog is gone, because he was worried about his hammer hitting his people, and he got distracted. He got bunnied away. And when he turns back, Mangog is gone. And he says, Woe unto us all if he should reach Asgard before me. Switch back to Carnilla, who is still wanting Balder. When is she going to realize that she's not going to have him? He's still fighting the Magnificent Seven, saying, If you love me, then why do you seek my death? And she says, because my love is selfish. If I can't have you, nobody can have you. At least she's very honest about mm -hmm. the whole thing. Yep. But take heart. Still time remains for thee to be spared. You know, you're not dead yet. 
I can still you know, change things. And Baldur's like, well, not if I have to stay here, because I have to go to Asgard. Though thou art wondrous fair, my queen, tis the beauty of evil that would make me desert my liege. And she's like, well, you've spurned me for the last time. you got to die. And all of a sudden, the warriors that he's been fighting against say, we say thee nay. The bravery of Baldur has freed us from our spell, because she had them all. They're, they're all great warriors at some point in time, and she's had them under her spell, which is why they were fighting Baldur to begin with. But he has been so valiant and so stoic in his resolve to not betray his people and his friends that it's kind of broken the spell that they were in. And they say, now we once again stand united as, as guardians all. And... Balder is like, see, Cornella, your wiles nor your spells nor anything can stand against the, the strength of, of Asgard. And Cornella gets mad and says, fine, gone. All of you be gone. In all of the world and all of time there is but one whom I have loved, but so pure is he of heart, so noble of spirit, that all my Norn enchantment could not win him. Go then, warrior bold, fight with our host for Asgard. The Norn queen hath freed thee. Cornella stands alone. Nice little rhyme there she got going. I'm telling you. So is she talking about Balder? Mm hmm She's always loved Balder? I thought you said she had something for Thor. Later on she does. Oh, okay. She just likes guys that are good. Mm-hmm. Instead of the bad boy, she likes the good boy. So they are magically transported Isn't to Isn't that the way all women are? They're just fickle like that, just bouncing from one to the other? No, most of them like the bad boys, apparently. Oh. Not me. I like the good guys. But they show up, poof, in Asgard and say, Behold, we have returned. How goes the battle? And the guard there's like, um, tis all but lost. Mangog draws ever closer, and there are none here to stay his wrath. And Baldur's like, Not while I live. Take arms, one and all, and we shall fight till we fall. Mangog is slowly plodding his way to Asgard. <laughs> Take arms, one and all. We fight till we fall. And what is this with this rhyming thing? I don't thing know. They, They've all of a sudden... They got going here lately. Stan has gotten into a rhyming thing here. And Mangog comes upon the outer outskirts of Asgard, and he says, Now at last shall Mangog avenge a billion billion deaths. As effortlessly as I shatter yon mountain, so shall I shatter the world about me. Even now their souls are filled with fear, with dark and haunting dread, for they know full well that Odin and all his realm are doomed. I know not, and I care not, what puny defenses await me. While they prepare for me above, above ground, Mangog will tunnel below. So all of a sudden he's down beneath. Mm -hmm. And he's digging. digging through rock and obstacles. And the warriors three are there with Thor. And he calls him a monstrous mole who doth speed beneath the ground. I can never remember his name. Hogum. Hogum says, fly, thunder god, none but thee can catch them. And he says, yes, it is time for me to go. Hogum the Grim. Hogum the Grim. I don't, I'm sorry. So Mangog is within the great golden walls now. He's reached the inner city, and he starts just destroying it. He's pulling up totems and, and columns and tossing them around like they were nothing and all of Asgard all the all the warriors that are left led by Balder come to meet him 
for the realm eternal. And there's quite a few the, actually left. Because yeah, this is a full page. Quite a bit left. With Balder on his white steed leading them with the pink reins. I thought that was kind of nice. Yeah. And there are more, I mean, countless men behind him that you can't, I mean, you can't even tell how many are there. And here comes Mangog, possessed with the power of billion, billion beings. They keep reminding us of that. Yes. Uh-huh. And he starts in the fray. So here they are battling. And Thor realizes that, you know, I have to get there. His my mission to save the cosmos. I have to get there. And, and he flies in with his hammer onto the very back of Mangog and says the time has come for victory or death. And Mangog says, not a thousand thunder gods shall stop me now. Mangog shall not be denied. And they are battling. And Balder is trying to engage him also. He's, a, he dis, he's distracting while Thor's riding on his back trying to kill him. And he says, may the spirit of Odin now guide my arm. And they're all here is um, Thor and Balder and uh, Fan, Vandril. They're all just around Mangog. They're all just fighting for all they're worth, trying to take him down. And Thor gets injured, and Balder takes him off to one side and says, You must give pause because you are hurt. No, and he says, No, take me to my steed. Whilst thou Thor lives, Thor fights. And he tells him, Balder tells him, The Odin sword is where he's going. And so Thor mounts his steed and takes off. Meanwhile, someone is firing the cosmic bolt. And I'm assuming that that is upon Sif's orders. Perhaps, or just a, a defender of Asgard, you know, yeah. firing its weapon at the... But they're firing it at Mangog, and he doesn't waver. It's, it's hitting him, but it's not stopping him at all. And Thor says, I have to get to the Odin sword. I have to save the Odin sword, because that's where he's going. So he goes to the royal chamber and within the royal palace. And the minions are, are running to Loki saying, he's here, he's here, the cause is lost, we are undone. And Loki's like, failure is not for Loki. Though the worlds may die, the prince of Ezel, evil Ezel, shall e'er survive. I'll awaken Odin, the Allfather will help us. And the man's like, no, you can't do that. None can end his royal slumber save himself. And Loki's like, fine, then I'll just run. He's such a coward. Yeah, he is. He is such a coward. He says, then all that remains uh, is for me to flee. What do I care about anybody else? I'm going to get out. I'm going to be alive. I'll be okay. Runs into Thor. And Thor's like, where are you going? And Loki's like, stand aside. I'm leaving. And Thor's like, you're like a jackal born. Take to thy heels, then loathsome one. But know this, if Asgard falls, not all the universe shall give thee shelter. For in triumph, for if triumph comes to Mangog, Ragnarok shall fell us all. But whilst I live, I fought the good fight, and so shall the god of thunder die. And he comes upon Sif, and the brave recorder. And he says, if Mangog unsheaths the giant blade, the Odin sword, thou shalt record the final hour of all who live talking to the recorder. And the recorder says his sensory registers inform him that Mangog has p penetrated the castle defenses. And Thor's like, then it's here. We shall hunker down and we shall fight or we shall die. The very walls will crumble 
It's just like, I'm right here with you, dude. You're my man. I'm right here. Mangog bursts in and says, This Odin sword, I see it. I see it finally. We are one sword, one mind, one cause, one fate, for now and always. And Mangog's thrusting him aside, saying, There's nothing you can do to stop me. And behind him comes in some warriors hanging off of him, trying to stop him. And Mangog's like, I will crush all of you. And Sif's like, he can't reach the sword, but there's no one to stop him. And Thor's like, there's still me. Stand back. The end is not yet nigh. And he starts smacking him with the uh, Mjolnir, his mallet, his hammer, trying to stop him. And Mangog's like, you're just like a, fluff, a gnat. Just go away. He says, I, I must now let Ragnarok fall. And he reaches to um, take the uh, sword out of its sheath. And the recorder, who's re who is motionless because he's just a machine. Right, he's, he's just, just a, recorder. a machine. He's recording. He says, now begins the ultimate end. Already the cosmic shockwaves start to form, but Thor has not yet yielded. Though all seems lost, he battles on. He shouts defiance to death itself. No, he does not battle on in vain. Beyond, behind the agony there is a method. Behind the pain, pain, a plan. He calls upon his own powers of the storm, powers which gather in mounting fury. His purpose now is clear. Only omnipotent power of Odin merged with that of the thunder god may yet halt Ragnarok. And only such a storm such as this, which Thor has created, can cause the Lord of Asgard to safely awaken from his fateful Odin sleep. And Odin walks in and says, You are so right. I was asleep, and now I've done woke up, because y'all making too much noise out here. What's going on? Hey, look, Odin and the recorder are doing a knuckle bump. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. And he, he hollers, Mangog, I bid thee halt. And, he said, and Mangog's like, my limbs are frozen. A ray, some ray of power has struck me. I cannot move. Now hear the words of Odin. Ages ago in my wisdom supreme, I disput thy entire race beneath an Odin spell. And now by decree imperial, I break thy spell. And Mangog starts disintegrating. He's getting weaker and weaker and, and kind of falling apart. And Odin says that telling Thor, who's laying there, Mangog, and, and Mangog, you never were that strong. It wasn't an image. It was an illusion. Thou wert but a living prison in which all thy race was jailed. But now I end the sentence. As Mangog fades away, his race shall live again. So the beings and beings and beings and beings were all condensed into one form. Right. And now he's broken the spell. They're breaking up into the beings and beings and beings of forms. Uh, of individuals. Uh-huh. Right. And he tells, and Odin tells Thor, don't, don't be sad. The victory is thine. It was not a foe that you battled, but Odin's spell in living form. And you faced it like a god. But now, behold, the ending comes in view of rage. Entire hath done its penance. And so a billion billion beings shall live again to dwell in peace forever. Such is Odin's judgment, such is Odin's will, I have spoken. He's such a big dog. So the, the, the sword is sheathed once again. The Asgard is okie-dokie. The billions and billions that were Mangog have kind of trailed away into space. I, he looks like he sent, sent them, them on to their own some planet, planet somewhere. Or something. Yeah. 
And Thorfinn Sith, who's fine. She's the fairest of the fair, the bravest of the brave, the gentlest of the gentle, and she holds his heart. And she's alive. And Sith's like, if die we must, let it be with thy arms around me. And Thor's like, oh, shush, girl, we're not going to die. Here's Balder. And he said, is the battle done? Stand we all triumphant? And Thor's like, yes. And so it ends. And so the fruit of Asgard, the brave, the strong, the valiant, pay homage once again to him whose cause they serve, whose name they honor, whose glory they share. All hail to lordly Odin and the realm eternal. And that's the end of Mangog. So there we go. That's how he defeated him. Mm-hmm. He broke it, broke him back down into the billions of billions of beings that made him. Yep. Made him up. Alrighty, our final title for this evening is the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, issue 630. And it is written by Karen Gillan, drawn by Richard Elson. The colorist is Jessica Colin, lettered by Clayton Cowles. Etc. 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 Story opens in Heimdall's chambers. Uh, Heimdall has just awoken from a full night's sleep, and so Heimdall, having uh, had a chance to rest after all this that just befell the fear itself and all that kind of stuff, so he's kind of feeling better. And he grabs up his helmet and he puts his helmet on. And lo and behold, he sees the destroyer armor, which has been missing. And he says so to his something, his significant other or his love interest, or I'm not sure what their relationship is other than what it's shown here, but she shares his bed. Siri. Her name is Siri. Mm -hmm. She looks kind of cool. She's got a green, tattoo. green tattoos on one half of her face. She's got a big scarred X on her face that uh, crosses both eyes, which is why she's blind, probably. She's a seer of some sort. She has a green, um, like a... Eye mask. Yeah, like a, a cloth tied over her eyes. She's got fiery red hair. She reminds me of somebody that would be Irish with the green and red, but mm -hmm. th that wouldn't be being Norse. I think it's funny he put on his helmet and his eyes glowed blue like they do when he's seeing something. <laughs> and it's just right outside the window. Yes. The destroyer it's, yeah. armor. It's like, I'm not really seeing it. I'm seeing it. It's just right there. <laughs> it's not a vision. It's my real vision. So Loki Loki has brought it back. And uh, Heimdall muses, well, you know, I wonder where it's been or who brought it back. And Siri as well. It's obvious there's only one son of Odin that could have done anything with it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, next we cut to Loki, who are using the goats of Thor's uh, tooth nasher and tooth grinder, mm -hmm. I believe, are the translations of their names. And we see them working, working to pull something, it looks like, and falling and stumbling because they're just not strong enough but then Loki uh tells them what they'll get if they are able to accomplish this task he promises them some some legendary food and he says but for now the only thing i can give you is this hay and he gives them a bunch of hay to try to entice them 
turns out that what they're doing is they're pulling up Volstagg from where he has been dangling down in amongst the roots of the world tree. So I guess that's alluding to how big he is, that mm -hmm. even those mystical goats have a hard time. So we find that during this fear itself uh, stuff where Loki had assembled his dead dream team, that Volstagg has been suspended down amongst the roots, hidden from Heimdall's eyes, so that Heimdall can't see. Because it was Volstagg's soul that was used to power the destroyer armor mm -hmm. during all this. And so that's why, against perhaps the programming of the destroyer armor itself, it was of help because... The soul that was in it was a big. a good soul and was on Loki's side to begin with. Mm -hmm. And we have a little recap of the Destroyer armor lowering uh, Volstagg's body down amongst the roots there, as it were. And Loki and Volstagg are talking. Uh, Volstagg isn't really help. Uh, uh, excuse me, happy with with what's happened. He had part in the death of Thor. And Thor is his best friend. And plus, you know, he's not too keen on the fact that he helped kill or helped an Asgardian die, however you want to look at it. That's kind of what Loki's arguing. You know, there's a difference between somebody dying and you actually killing somebody. Somebody dying is part of a prophecy, which is what Thor, you know, so... Loki's argument is we helped facilitated what was going to be. And what Thor wanted anyway. Well, yeah, what he said he wanted, which earlier on Loki asked Thor if you could do anything, if you could, and Thor was like, well, absolutely, I'd give my life if I had to, you know. So Loki is saying, well, we did what we did, but it was part of a prophecy, and you can never go against prophecy. I mean, that's what it, you know, and Volstagg is like, I don't care. I'm not happy with my part in the prophecy. I don't care what you say. You know, I'm not I'm not happy that it was me. So he goes wandering around a little bit, kind of uh, despondent, I guess you could say. And as he's wandering through the ruins of Asgard, probably heading back home or to a bar, uh, those are probably the two places that he likes most, he runs into Hogum, Hogrum, and Vandral, and um, basically they try to cheer him up as well, uh, to no avail, even going so far as to saying, well, hey, you know, let's go get a drink, you can go drown your misery, and he realizes, no, I need to go back home, I haven't been there in too long, and if I'm, if I'm gone too much longer, or the, or the wife finds out that I went to a bar before going home, She's going to be even more upset than she probably will be anyways, so I just need to go home. So he heads home, and we see that his children, or six, six of them, six or seven, seven, are just ransacking the house. And him. And they jump him as he walks in the door. And the wife here, who is every bit as large as he is, uh, greets him at the door, 
and he immediately takes up the kids and and he knows he can settle them down by telling them a story which he has one ready cuz that's must be like a game that they play when he comes home he tells them a story so he tells them to get ready and they go about doing you know all the little chores to finish up the night to get ready for the the storytelling and he Volstagg launches launches into his tale and basically his tale is a retelling of fear itself mm-hmm. uh much more uh comedic and perhaps well no i guess not cuz it didn't say it almost looks like it's drawn by a different artist but i guess it's drawn by the same artist but just in a little different style Volstagg is very buff a little bit a little bit more cartoony well yeah that's how that's his Mental image of his himself. His mental image, yeah. Very buff. All of his belly is up in his arms in his telling of the story. Yeah. So um, it it tells of the, basically the birth of the serpent, you know, where the serpent came from, and, and his initial defeat at the hands of Odin, and then how the serpent was found by Nazis, and apparently he's trained all his kids that, that uh, the the only good Nazi is a dead Nazi, which is funny that they would be that worried about Nazis in mm-hmm. Asgard, but okay. Uh, about how the worthy took over the world and started doing their bad stuff. Um, Thor and Volstagg got together, got together with the Avengers to defeat the serpent even though Odin couldn't or wasn't ready or he, he says that Odin hung back to make machines while Thor and I actually jumped in to do something is is the way he he also doesn't portray Odin in a in a very good light I don't think mm-hmm. so the uh he continues with his tale he he starts to kind of wander off about the uh the the fair damsels the the women folk of earth but his wife kind of reins him in and pulls him back into the the type of story that the kids would be interested in and so he uh he continues to tell the the kids and m- brings up the prophecy um how thor will defeat the serpent but he himself will fall and one of his little girls is upset because Thor is her favorite. Continues with the telling about how finally all the worthy were defeated. How Thor did face the serpent and the serpent fell and Thor fell. And then they asked, they, the, the kids ask Volstagg what he did with the serpent. And he indicates that he cooked him and ate him, which would make him much more like an ogre than a yes. Asgardian. But yes. Um, his then, actions were terrible, but his taste was even worse. Yeah, he he continues on about how Odin then took the <laughs> the remains of his brother after they had passed through Volstagg, <laughs> which basically is a sack of poo, mm-hmm. and flies off to Asgard and uh, locks the door of the new Asgard. Kids are kind of, you know, a little trepidatious about well now you know does that mean it's over are we safe is everything going to be okay and Volstagg tells them yes absolutely 
I'm here, so everything is, is good. The wife puts him to bed, and Volstagg wanders out, and he's still very uh, upset about the death of his friend, the part that he played in it. So he goes out, and, and he's just, you know, by himself as he's allowing those those feelings to just, you know, continue to stick with him. His wife finally comes out and uh, tells him to kind of pull yourself up, look what you have, things are are still worth moving forward with and everything like that, you know, finally a, uh, or not finally, but kind of the, the typical um, combination of things aren't that bad and you can't quit kind of speeches. She, she kind of puts them together. And finally, uh, she tells him she's going to bed and he alludes to doing his husbandly duties mm -hmm. perhaps twice mm -hmm. and so that is the latest volume of journey into mystery issue 630 now we do have a little bit of feedback here that we want to throw out uh, we have a comment on the facebook page from stephen jones stephen says great podcast guys thanks for covering the fear itself miniseries as someone who doesn't have time to read comic books, I love hearing them described through audio as I work. You guys do this really well. I'm enjoying learning more about the Thor franchise thanks to you. Keep up the good work. Also a comment here by Darren, and Darren, I apologize, I believe it's pronounced Brune. Darren indicates, hello, just found the show last week and I love it. Keep it up. And... Last but not least, we have an email from Way. Yay! We've missed you, Way. Way opens. Greeting once again, fellow Thorites. I'm sorry about the long delay between emails, but I haven't really had anything to add, so I just shut up and listened. In your most recent podcast, 35, titled Mangog, you mentioned a couple things that I thought I could expand on or throw a theory out about. First, the theory which comes from the issue with Olden, Odin, excuse me, Olden? I'm not sure where that came from. Odin bonding with Yggdrasil, the world tree. When reviewing the issue, you mentioned that there was no reference to the Odin force in this issue, and it wasn't mentioned where it came from. The Odin force is one of the many things that Lee and Kirby created themselves. It simply doesn't exist in the mythology. And since Odin didn't seem to be powerful enough before bonding with Yggdrasil to oppose his brother, but was more than powerful enough after, it seems to me that bonding with the World Tree is what created the Odin force that exists in the Marvel Universe. I don't seem to remember being it I don't seem to remember it being explained anywhere else, so there's my theory. Second, Ragnarok. There are a lot of misconceptions about what Ragnarok was supposed to be. Ragnarok doesn't end all of existence, even in the Marvelverse. There are a number of Asgardians that actually survive Ragnarok, including Thor's sons Magni and Modi. There are others who are reborn, like Balder. There are even humans who survive to usher in a new race of man after the Earth has replenished itself from Ragnarok. This particular aspect is actually addressed in an arc somewhere in the late 400s, I want to say it starts around issue 490. So you've got a while to go before you actually get to it, indeed. And just for fun, 
Ragnarok doesn't actually mean the twilight of the gods as everyone uses it. That's actually just a famous, though poetic-sounding, mistranslation. It actually means doom of the powers. Though that doesn't sound anywhere near as cool as Twilight of the Gods. Yeah. Wait. So, there is uh, our latest email from Way. Thank you, sir. Yes, thank you, Way. And uh, that, I believe, finishes up everything that we were wanting to talk about this episode. Right, Terry? I do believe. Okay. Uh, next episode, we have lined up the 2011 volume of Journey into Mystery, issue 631, and the 1966 volume of The Mighty Thor, issues 158 and 159. Do want to thank uh, Way and Darren and Stephen this episode. Yes, very much. And as always, we want to thank Mr. Derek Coward for his help uh, technically behind the scenes on the page and posting episodes and everything of that sort. If any of you folks out there want to leave us some feedback, um, you can leave us an iTunes review. Those are always cool. We are on Google+. Uh, the Mighty Thorcast has, a, has a, a page there that I post when the episodes go live on. The Mighty Thorcast has a Facebook page. That's where Darren and Steven left their comments. The website itself is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. And the email that Way used was themightythorpodcast at gmail.com. So those are all ways that you can get a hold of us. Or if you know another way or can invent another way, by all means, uh, jump in there and, and give us some feedback in, in your own special way. That's cool. That's all for us this evening. Uh, you guys keep on reading. We will see you again in about a week or so. Uh, heads up, the... Issue of Journey to Mystery 632 comes out this coming Wednesday. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday, so here in just a couple of days, there's the newest issue of Journey to Mystery. We will talk to you guys again in a week or so. Uh, I hope you like the show and keep on listening. We'll talk to you then. Bye. This is a Teal Production.